Renee, Chris, and Ryan going live. Best podcast, Beauty and the Beast. Sit back and catch a vibe. Oh, yeah, we talking zombies and apocalypses and all those things you like. Going beast mode, and if you didn't know, it's Peter Z up on the mic. Hey, TWD family, grab the snacks about the pantry and subscribe and like them. If you can, please, or those walkers eat you like some candy. Hey, hey, okay. You at the right place at the right time. No one does it better. That's the bottom line. Beauty and the Beast. This is prime time. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Um, so, everyone, the handsome gentleman in the middle, we, we put him in the middle so that everyone could focus directly on him is Glenn Stanton, Frost from AMC's The Walking Dead Season 11. Thank you for being with us tonight, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank, you Thank you guys for, for having me be a part of it. I'm excited to jump in in your guys' sandbox. So, I mean, you've been pretty active, though. I've seen, we, you have a couple of these in, in, your, in your back pocket you've done as far as podcasts mm-hmm. go. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, yes. 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 You're uh, you're ready. You're ready to rock then. Um, Not exactly a podcast newbie. No, no, he knows what he's gotten yeah. himself into. Maybe. Not exactly. with us. Yeah, maybe not with you know. He doesn't yeah, yeah. really know, but he knows. He knows. Um, thank you all for being here. You're we saving. see that we have Linda. Linda's here because Linda's got a plethora of questions ready to go, and she she loves hearing her answers live. Um, Pi is here. Pi is from Finland. Uh, Dave is here. Dave is actually a good friend of ours, and he is also here from. Um, he's got his own podcast called Squawking Dead, and uh, they 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 actually been diving deep into fear, which I don't know. Do you have you paid attention to anything going on over at Fear Fearland? I haven't. I haven't. I, I, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I now that I've been, been on the show, show and like, like part of the universe, I want to go, go back, back and kind of like just, just jump in with everything, everything but, but I have, I have not, not gotten, gotten into it okay. yet. Yeah, um, you, don't worry, you're not alone. Uh, <laughs> and it's no insult to fear. Fear is great. We've we've definitely. I watch fear. Ryan tends to like waver on a little bit. Renee loves fear, you know. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, as far as the the Walking Dead universe as a whole um world beyond or anything like that have you been able to dive into any of the other the other side pieces yet i haven't i haven't i actually haven't been able to watch a whole lot i've been in like like, uh i've been been filming filming a couple couple of the things things over the last last couple couple of months months. i've been been like behind my cue is piling up my wife is trying to patiently wait for me on most of it is it is it exactly yeah we got an echo we're gonna to try to solve our echo real quick as we as we go through this. Uh, all right, um, all right. Renee, I, I know. To if you want to jump right off the bat, I know Renee had a question for you as far as your character. Um, mm-hmm. Renee, you wanna you wanna start it off with that, and and it, yeah. we'll take it yeah, from yes. there. So, so, yeah, yeah. So, so um, at the, the end, end of Frost. Frost time on the show. My big question was, did Frost give Daryl up the hope that he betray him? Well, I'll be honest, they did not tell me either. So, 
I mean, I mean obviously, obviously personally, personally, I'm going to be like, like no, nah, Frost, Frost is a G. G. Uh, <laughs> he, he's going to ride and keep that, that, keep that, keep that info. info. Uh, uh, talk, talk to him and take, take it to the grave. grave. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. That was the fun part of what? Oh, damn. So we, can't, we can't, yeah, we, we can't, can't hear, hear, hear him. I don't think I don't we think can, can hear, hear him. him. Just a sec, sorry. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. There we, there we go. go. Yeah, 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 my, my, my phone was out. Oh, oh. That was so weird. Sorry about that. Right, right. No worries. No worries. I'm also, also going to make, make sure, sure that, that I am, uh, do not do disturb, disturb so my computer's not making a bunch of noises. But yeah, Greg Nicotero added this little moment. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even, even in the script, script to, my, to, my, to my memory, memory but this, this little, little moment uh, between, between me and Pope and, and then these little, little subtle, subtle things at the very, very end to really, really leave that, that in the air of, of what does Pope know, what does he not know, know? Um, um, what, did what did I give up, up? If anything, or is it just another game because Pope was such a master manipulator, essentially. Any, any cult is that master manipulator. So you're always wondering, is this just the game or does he have something? Yeah, I had written an article. Yeah, I had written I an article. Did I write for so I had written an article. So I had written an article that Frost would not give Daryl. He had too much integrity. He had too much integrity. He wouldn't do it. So. Well, it's especially. I, well, it's I especially. Like, I feel like especially the triage of the like, triage you know, of Frost, like, you know, Frost and, uh, and, uh, and Agatha, Agatha and um, and um, um, wait, what is Mark? Um, Marcus wait, what is Marcus? Duncan. Duncan, thank you. <laughs> like the three of us, Maggie and being, with Maggie so, and being so close, so uh, close to her, uh, to her. Um, and I know um, for me, I and I know like for me, I had a little backstory for me as to why this was so important as well. As well, uh, like with other stuff, uh, like that with was other like stuff that was for just me. Like, and I talked for me, and I talked Barn to wrote the first episode of the final season about that as well. About that as well. So like, yeah, we we had so like, yeah, we we had this whole thing of that was a big thing. Even Jim was saying about him was just the fierce loyalty, the fierce loyalty. To, uh, to Maggie. To, uh, to Maggie. So yeah, I, I, so, I think, yeah, I, 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 I think he kept it to himself. I think, I think I took it to my grave. I think I took it to my grave. I agree. I agree. Thanks for answering that. Thanks for answering that. Absolutely. Um. Sorry. Yeah, we're just still over here trying to figure out where this echo is going from. Don't mind us. Um, do you want me to? Do you want me to grab? Do you want me to grab? No, they're saying it's me. No, they say it's me. No, they say it's me. Yeah. So what's happening is obviously we have your sources on Skype as individual calls, not as like a merged call. You know what I mean? So like your audio is singular, Renee's audio is singular, our audio is singular. So everybody comes through nice and crisp. Mm -hmm. Supposed mm -hmm. to. Um, but see, we don't hear the echo over here. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I hate technology. They're hearing it over there. <laughs> see, now, if I was me. here by myself, I would turn into, like, a caveman, and then, you know, I'd just have, like, a bat in my hand smashing the computer. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I told you. I'm just here because I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not the tech, I'm not the tech nerd. It's just weird you know? because it's, like, it's almost as if, like, when it's recording the output for you and Renee separately... It's recording both of your audios with the video, so um, where they're hearing you both twice. Mm. 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 Hmm. Well, just keep clicking. I'm, I'm trying. 
you know, if you click enough, things eventually just happen, and then you don't know what you did, but it's fixed. That's how technology technically works. Uh, oh, does it? Yeah. Just keep clicking. Thank you so much. And with that, I, I appreciate you. And with that, I'm going to go right to Linda's questions. <laughs> uh, Linda, who is, like I said, she's out in France. Uh, hopefully she can um, hear me. Um, she wants to know, so when you were originally brought on to cast, your experience with that, and then basically being welcomed by everybody, we've always heard. So usually this is actually usually like a really good standardized question that we ask everybody, especially in the past when like Andrew and everybody was there, anybody who was a new cast member who was, you know, stepping on to set for the first time and, and brought on, um, always felt like this very warming family type atmosphere embraced by everybody. Um, and, you know, the curiosity I think is there is that with obviously Andrew not being there anymore and with the cast members that are there now, when you step on set, you know, has that, has that like family atmosphere carried on when, when you, when you it, join it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it 100%, 100% has. has. I know that I know was, for me, was for me one of the things I was, I was most curious about, curious about going, going in, in was, was this was this was my, my first time on a show that's, that's been running for so long, and you know, I mean, especially this, this a show this big, big as far as like such an icon in pop culture and everything. I was curious. I was curious. I feel like this might be the show where I like show where I like run into some run into some personality personality weird like weird weird sort of weird sort of artistic artistic approaches and things like you're just always like you're just always whenever you're the new kid in school you're always just kind of coming in coming in like the vibe of the place the vibe of the place and. And I, you know, we did the Zoom, I, you know, the first table the Zoom, read, the first uh, table Zoom, read. Uh, on and I was like, Zoom. okay, yeah, this, I was like, okay, this feels yeah, this pretty this warm. Feels like I don't, pretty warm. not getting like, any, not getting any, any vibes, weird Zoom I guess. vibes. I <laughs> and guess. then, uh, and then, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the big the, test was that the big first test day was that first that we were all on set. That we were all on set. Everybody, because it was the scene, scene where, where, like you first meet first meet Maggie's and Maggie's coming back, coming back, and we stop and talk to her and talk to her. It's like the only it's like moment, the only in the moment show where the, in the show whole where the cast, whole cast essentially, essentially was there. Was there? Um, at least from um, at least that from group. that group. Mm -hmm. And so and it was my first so time getting my first time getting to be around really everybody. Everybody. And, and no and, point. And no I point. Like oh, you know, is the yeah. new guy. Like it was guy, immediate. Like it was you know, bring you in. You in. Especially because like you've been in this business long enough. You you have mutual friends, and so like Ross Ross came up to me. He was like I. Uh, you, our our mutual friend, and he said their name, uh, Shane. He was like, our mutual friend Shane said to tell you, hey. I'm like, oh, you know Shane. He told me to tell you hi, and and it was a very quick thing, and it, it, I felt very quickly that everybody just kind of put their arm around us and, and welcomed us aboard uh, to you know the the Walker the Walker killing crew. So, um, sorry, we just got a great confirmation. The echo is gone, and I almost knocked the microphone over to do it. <laughs> I was like, look. <laughs> so I this is why I hate technology, right? Mm -hmm. It was doing exactly what I thought it was doing. It was recording both of your audios twice mm. and streaming it to OBS, which is our platform oh. which we use to stream to YouTube. Right. And so all I did right. was I said, okay, 
well, if one of the outputs is recording both voices, why do I have to have both outputs recording voices? So you just muted I one. muted one of them, and, and it worked. Go. Okay. See? Like I <laughs> said, if you just keep clicking... <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay. All right, it was a little bit more involved. This is what me and my cousin came up with, and I love it. It's it's like one of my life mottos. Okay. JFGI. Just effing Google it. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Or or YouTube, or YouTube. I mean, you know. It's a good motto to live by. (laughs) So I apologize. (laughs) We are back on track. Yes. Uh, Okay. Oh, so uh, Dave, you'll have to answer Dave and Price. Dave's tech nerding out right yes, now. Yeah, we, Dave, for, who who runs his own podcast, was in the chat trying to help us out. And he goes, now I'm curious on a technical level, what was it? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> second, right yeah, the second, here, second part of that question, she'd like to know who greeted you first. Now, you just mentioned Ross. Was Ross the first per- person to really like bring you guys, <clears throat> to bring you in? I feel like it probably... I feel like probably yeah, it was probably Ross, and then I, I'd say the the person I became like closest to, uh, the quickest was was Lauren mm-hmm. Cohen, um, and it was funny because it was it was one of our long days, one of our long days, and uh, early on, and she said I can't remember what how the conversation came up, but I said something about my dogs. And so she immediately wants to see yeah. pictures of them. And so I pull up pictures of my dogs. She pulls up pictures of her dog. We start like doing what dog parents <laughs> do that don't have like regular kid, like actual human children. And just, we started, we started, uh, you know, gushing right. about our dogs. And, uh, and then from that point on, we were, we were pretty good. We were pretty good pals throughout the, throughout the course of the show. And I would. I, I'm also very proud of getting her to start reading comic books as well. That's. I got a lot of people reading comic books on my time on that show. It was a. It was a happy infection that I spread across right. the so, set. So, so you're going to take full credit for being the one that got her kick started on comics. Oh yeah, I, I will take. I, See, yeah, I'll take that. You heard it here. You heard it. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the news people want to know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and i also what like because one of the things i did is i gave her i gave her a comic book and this is how i i always try to get people into comic books in ways that don't necessarily have to do just with the comic but more to like their interests or whatever they're doing and i just happened to have this comic book that i was a really uh a uh, big fan of and i don't want to say it because she actually started to move some things on it uh but there was a comic book that i loved and i told her i was like look if you're considering reading some you should read this one because every time I read this comic book, I I can see you as this main character. And so she immediately, like, she asked me about it. I started explaining it. She said, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yes, I have to read this. I want to read it now. It's already, apparently, it was, like, right in line with what she and her creative partner were talking about their, her next move would be. And so she immediately goes and reads it, and we started texting about it. So... If it uh, if that comes to fruition, I will be on Twitter saying I introduced her to it, and I will absolutely take credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> I will say this too. Uh, we, we were looking for you on Instagram. You know, if you just type in mm-hmm. your name, there's probably like I don't know, 10, 15 Glenn stands that pop up, right? And they're mostly white guys in the Something UK. Like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But if you want to know how to decipher which one is the Glenn Stanton. He's the only one who's followed by 
Yeah. <laughs> by Lauren Cohen, by the way. That, that did stand out. Kind of a thumb in your eye. Like, oh, that one. That's the one right there. Yeah. I was like, well, this is this is good. <laughs> she doesn't follow many people. I was like, oh, okay. He's got the follow. He's like, we're good. That's, That's the, the stamp. The stamp of approval. The Walking Dead stamp. That's right. Um, okay, here's another one for you. So, looking back. Aw, looking back. Do you think Maggie's plan to take <laughs> back Meridian was the right thing to do? For, I will, obviously, in cross eyes. Yeah, I, I think so. I, And I don't know if that's mainly just from, like, my, my very my very long like sports background and history of like you play to win don't play mm-hmm. not to lose and and i feel like there is that in that instinct of constant survival but then what is life if you're just if you're just in survival mode and uh, especially in a place where if you know the resources are are sort of depleting and and very limited then you don't have a lot of options and like how, how long can that kind of survival last? And like, what is the quality of life that you're living if you're able to continue living? So I think for me, I I feel like, yeah, trying to take that place back is, is a good move. And obviously you're trying to figure out, you're trying to figure out what the strategy is as you go, because you're in a, you're in a time where recon or like recon is, is not as easy as it might have once Mm -hmm. been. (laughs) Actually, and Linda just pointed out, she goes, this is so true, Chris. I did my research and I found so many guys with his name, (laughs) with with this name. Um, Pi comments and says, Maggie taking over places never works out well, so so she shouldn't. (laughs) Um, Linda says, uh, if at first you don't succeed, though. Exactly. You got to try until you succeed. Try, Um, try again, right? Yeah. Um, Linda says, I still think she shouldn't go back uh, to Meridian. It was a trap. Uh, it turned into a trap. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Um, we're gonna do so. Uh, a fun fact about Glenn is that uh, you began your acting career on stage in Chicago. Is this? Yeah, I did. I did because I I actually did not. Me getting into acting was an interesting pathway, anyways, because I actually went to college to play football, not knowing what I was going mm-hmm. to study. And it several conversations with the coach, I still couldn't like pinpoint exactly what it was I wanted to do outside of sports. And it came down to a conversation he had with my mother uh, in which he was like, okay, look, he's not on the phone now. What are the things he's absolutely interested in, the things he loves doing that have nothing to do with sports? And as she began to talk to him, everything was performance related. And so he was like, oh, I think we have a theater program out here. And so he set me up with an audition, and they ended up offering me a scholarship to to do that. And so uh, as it was coming up on on my graduation, I really di- decided to go 100% in and, yeah, moved out to Chicago very shortly after I uh, what a graduated. Great city. So I am a huge Chicago Bears fan and a huge okay. Chicago Bulls fan and a Blackhawks fan. Um, I grew up in the 80s, so, like, the first, the very first football game I ever watched was the '85 Super Bowl. 
I picked the winner. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, and I ran with it. I haven't been happy since, but you know, I picked I picked the winner at the time. Little did I know that I'd be heartbroken for the rest of my life. Um, if it wasn't for MJ, I would have been totally screwed. And then, of course, the Blackhawks have mm. had a pretty good, successful run too. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love Chicago. What a great city! I I adore it. I actually um the last show which hopefully i can announce soon uh the last show that i just shot was actually filmed in chicago and so it was so good to go back like go back to what i feel is like my creative my artistic birthplace is what i always mm -hmm. call chicago and being able to go back there and uh and, and just be in the city and be in that that vibration that the city has which is L.A. is just weird because L.A. is a such a transient mm -hmm. town and the, the city itself doesn't feel like it has, to me, doesn't feel like it has as much of like a, a, a solid, defined soul and, right. and character. It's like right. industry. That is kind of what the city is. Whereas Chicago, it has this long history and this full-fledged spirit that you can just like mm -hmm. feel walking around that yeah. city. The architecture downtown, all of that, like... It, and it's such an artistic city too. Like it's savvy. The people that aren't artists that go to see art and theater, they're like savvy. Some of the smartest audience goers like you'll ever meet. So like I adore that city in in so many for yeah. so many reasons. Yeah, I, I completely agree. As far like from a, from an artistic standpoint, they're one of the they're one of the prime spots in the U.S. As far as I, I'm concerned. Um, I mean, and mm -hmm. it's just a and God, it's clean there. I mean. Yeah. So, so clean. clean. I mean, I mean, we're used to. I don't want to talk shit on it. Yeah, I mean, we can talk shit about. It. We live here. <laughs> we're so close to New York City. <laughs> you know, oh, we, yeah. we, are, we are an hour and a half train ride from New York City. I can smell the trash in okay. the summer. <laughs> and, and I love New York City for a lot of reasons. I hate it for a lot more. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now, my sister just went out there. Um, I want to say a month ago, and she FaceTimed me, and she was like, I'm in New York, and I smell nothing but garbage. I'm like, so you yeah, know you're yeah, in New York. Yeah. If, if, if you see no landmarks, and all you know is you smell garbage, you're one of two places, mm -hmm. New York City or Dirty Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, You know you're in New York when you see a man dressed up as a rat riding yeah. the subway, carrying a giant piece of pizza with him. Yeah, I mean, my favorite was I was down yeah. in New York City and there was a guy dressed up as Big Bird riding a bicycle delivering a pizza. Yeah, I mean... And and all I needed to say was New York City. Yeah. And people understood. Right. Hashtag New York City. This is where yeah. you're going to see the weirdest shit. And the difference, the difference between the people that dress up in New York between the people that dress up in L.A. is like the people in New York that dress up seem happy about it. When you drive... You drive down Hollywood Boulevard. That's a sad drive, man. Like, if you're down there... You see so many off-brand superheroes, like they're like the Kirkland brand of like you know the <laughs> DC and Marvel comic book characters, and like none of them seem really happy to be there. It's just like this is where life has brought them, and it's like it. People are like, "Oh, what's it like being? Have you gone down Hollywood?" I'm like, "Those are not the places you want to go. Like they're sad, sad places, <laughs> full of sad people." <laughs> It dressed is. up as things they don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. So, Glenn, I have to ask, right? So, that love for Chicago, is that one of the main reasons why you decided to go for Chicago Fire? Or was that just kind of an opportunity? 
that that was an opportunity that was um like when I moved to Chicago, honestly, I had no aspirations at the time to be in film and television. Like at the time I was doing uh, musical theater and I transitioned to like doing a lot of Shakespeare and I was traveling all over doing Shakespeare. Um, but I had no real big desire or because I didn't have like the perception that this was an, an obtainable thing for me. Um, and there wasn't a lot of television in Chicago when I first got there. And then suddenly these shows started to come into town and Chicago Fire was, I think my third, my third TV job, but like my first kind of legit recurring mm-hmm. thing. And, um, and it was one of the things that took me to LA actually, because in the course of that time, my agent was talking to me about it. We think it might be time. And Kenny Johnson, who's on SWAT right now and has been a, just a workhorse for for like two decades he played my best friend in in the show and so we spent all this time together in the fire truck and you know rappelling into burning buildings and all that for like a month and a half and he became like such a great friend but also kind of confidant and and i leaned on him a lot because he was really pushing me to to make the move to la and uh and just jump full into it so he was one of the people that like made me feel like I gave me the confidence to feel like this was something that I could actually do and and move and keep that momentum going. Very nice, very nice. Was uh, overall being on Chicago Fire was that a positive experience? Then you think that was that was because it. I think that was a that was a show where I was on it long enough, and you know, with all of like the the main hitters on the show. Where and we all kind of developed enough of a, of a rapport, even though I was still so green, so green and nervous, like ninety percent of the time that I was on the show. Like I did feel like, okay, I can. This is I can live in this. I can swim in these waters. Like this isn't overwhelming to me. Um, and these guys feel like people mm, yeah. to me. So yeah, I think that was a big part. I mean, of that. I have to say, like, there's been times where like I watch shows and you could tell when an actor is nervous or you know it's not it's not really like organic you know what i mean and i never felt that way when i right. saw you on chicago fire right? and i was i up up oh, until the last season i was a huge you. chicago fire person i just i, I would work and everything and, and the pandemic and mm-hmm. working in a hospital i just kind of fell off with a lot of tv shows and um mm-hmm. chicago fire is one of them that I, I fell off but i as soon as i i was like i know who this is <laughs> And I went back and watched the episodes, <laughs> and it, it really did. It really did feel like it was very organic for you, very natural. Thank you. Thank and you. Along with Chicago Fire, yeah, I think... you had Roswell, right? Yes, Roswell. I was oh, waiting. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nerd out because that is a remake <laughs> of probably like number two favorite TV show of all time for me. I okay. Roswell, the original one, was like growing up. That was a, such an awesome show to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, you know about the alien human mm-hmm. hybrids. You know, and it was just kind of cool. And uh, I kind of my question for you is: I know you had scenes with um, Jason Bear, yeah. and so yeah. obviously he played Max on the original show. Uh, how was mm-hmm. that? I, I mean, I've heard very like from everything I've read, he he's a, a great guy, and I kind of I kind of want to hear yes. from you how your experience was with him. He was like such a down to earth. He's he's a very down to earth guy. Like I, I mean, there are some people that want to talk about 
their highlights a lot, you know, and like those are the people that I feel like are not as grounded. You know, the people that want to talk about their highlights and it's like, yeah, but aren't you like a person outside of this thing that we do for a living? Like, are you a person as well? And I never felt like that with with Jason. Like, is he, you know, we were talking about, I don't know, sports and uh, he and uh, his his kid. He uh, he loves his son. He was telling me about his son. I got to like hear a lot about that. And um, just just a very warm individual and no ego. Like I never felt like there was some like strange ego, uh, especially being the the you know one of the leads on the yeah. original. You know, and coming onto the show for for that for that character. So yeah, I mean he was he was great to work with. Really nice guy. Um, and then we were gonna try to get together for like lunch, and then you know the world shat itself and gave us COVID. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> See him on the back yeah. end. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that's really cool though because, like, I, I had a huge, huge nerd moment when when they introduced Jason Bear and you know that and, and the way that they brought him on and then they also brought back Sher- uh, Sherry Appleby, which was kind of really cool, mm-hmm. and just seeing them play different characters in a show that's a remake of the one that they were the main cast and was pretty cool. Yeah, and I feel like CW is pretty good about that too because now I mean it seems like now that's kind of one of their their big things is you know they do a lot they do the dc shows and then a lot of the other things they do are reboots of of hit shows from the past and it seems like they do a pretty good job of finding ways to weave in uh characters from the original show which isn't always easy but i feel like they have they find a really good a really good balance of how to do that they just did the remake of um the 4400 and i love the 4400 like the original was was such a great great show and i was so upset when they canceled mm-hmm. because it was it was going down such a path that they, it could have gone for you know four or five more seasons and they and it got canceled and i was very skeptical to even watch the remake because there's been other shows that have, it's not gone well and i once i watched yeah. the first episode yeah. i was hooked awesome yeah. excellent well we got uh it was uh 911 too right yes. one and, and and is that is that an la yeah. thing yeah, you know that- i that is, yeah, that, that films thought, out thought, here. Yeah. And and I will say, that was one of those moments, that was a moment for me where, because I played An- like a dear friend of Angela Bassett. And I mean, I grew up watching Angela Bassett. And and I mean, she is like such, she has always been like such a queen uh, on, you know, on all the screens for me. And, uh, and also just ageless and timeless and and so like it was the first time I was nervous going on the set just because I was like I have endeared her to me so much from just as a as a fan that like I just pray to God that they always say don't meet your heroes and everything and oh my lord I enjoyed filming that episode so much and, and she was another person who was just so incredibly warm and also effortlessly charismatic you know, they're just like those people that they start talking and they just draw everybody into them as they go. And that was Angela Bassett. And I think when we filmed that, too, it was only like it was only a few months after Black Panther came out, if I remember right. So, like, I wanted to call her Mama Wakanda so badly. <laughs> but I was like, don't you're a professional today, Glenn. Don't don't be a geek today. That's that's off the clock. Right now you're on the clock. Be a professional. <laughs> and I mean that was. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I mean that was such a great episode. I think it was the episode was uh, the birth of Hen. I think right. 
Yeah, yeah, I and think it was so, all yeah. about how Henrietta, how she became, um, you know, how she got into L- LAFD and became a paramedic and everything, and that was such a, yes. a that was such a great episode. It had a lot of storytelling, and so to see yeah. you see you be a part of that was pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was a fun that was a fun one. Yeah, I was, so I was going to say from from obviously trying to be a professional and everything like that, but how hard is it to keep yourself from that geek out moment? You know. I, I wouldn't contain myself. I wouldn't be able to. Look, my restraint is my self-restraint. Go on. Our very first uh, convention we went to, okay, was Walker Stalker Con, New Jersey. Yep. Now, all right. I'm just gonna put it out there. All right. Uh, All right. Alana Masterson. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tara was my one of my favorite characters. Not to mention that I'm just an. a dude who had a geek crush all right so like being at this convention and like my she was <laughs> my first photo op i believe yes she was my very first one yep and she she had these she always has like twizzlers with her so we have like our you know goofy t-shirt and i'm like you know what do i do do i have her you know like i don't even know what to do you know it's the first time i've ever taken a photo with anybody <laughs> you know famous so like i literally was like a giddy little kid at Disneyland for my first time, you know, with just like standing next to her and like my photo, I'm just like, all cheesy and shit. You know what I mean? Like, so like how, how hard is that for you to, as, as a, as a professional, like when you have those moments, when you meet that actress or that actor that just like, you know, you, you feel like the little kid inside just want to like come screaming out. <laughs> I I think it depends on the setting. Because I think there's like a switch. For me, there's a switch, kind of like the same thing, like going back to sports. Like there was me off the field or off the court. And then once I was on the court, that whole thing of like if I meet somebody outside of out of an arena and they're like six foot ten, I'm like, God, you are all kinds of tall. <laughs> but if I meet them on the basketball court and they're and they're wearing like the, the opposing jersey, I'm like, I don't let's go. Right. Like it's, there's like right. that switch that happens. For me, it's very similar. Like living in LA, the weird thing is when I run into a famous person at my gym that I haven't seen in the gym before. Then there's like a weird moment. Like I, I, I used to train uh, at, at a gym right down the street from me, and Gary Cole lifts there all, all the time. And I remember the first time I, I saw him there, I think I had only been living in LA for like six months. And everything in me wanted to go up and say, Hey, if uh, if you could give me a spot, that'd be great. <laughs> and like it was, it took all restraint in my body to yeah. not do that. Um, but like, if it's on set, that switch thing is kind of engaged, and then it's and then it's not as it's not as hard. But then if we're out afterwards, usually some of the geek will come out. Like uh, when I was doing the Sun, uh, which is my other AMC show. There were like five of us went out to lunch uh, with Pierce. He reached out and he was like, uh, with Pierce Brosnan. He was like, hey, uh, uh, if you guys aren't doing anything, I got a table at this restaurant. Come and meet me. And so we go and we have lunch. And I'm sitting here and it's in this moment we're having lunch. And I'm like, this is my James Bond when I was a kid. And I played Goldeneye so damn much, like just an unhealthy amount. <laughs> As a kid, and even in college, one of my friends had a had an N64 that he would break out, 
And and so finally, after we'd all had a little bit of wine and we had had enough food, and he had just brought up Goldeneye, like he brought up the video game, mm-hmm. something about it. And I said, now, now that you've brought it up, Pierce, I have to say it is a miracle I graduated <laughs> college because of the amount of papers that were started at three in the morning the day they were due because of mm-hmm. Goldeneye. Yeah. <laughs> And he was like, it was yeah. a great game, wasn't it? It was a great game. I was like, yes, yes, it was. And I just like that little geek inside of me just felt so like just vindicated and yeah. justified because here's Pierce Brosnan like so impassionately talking about how great of a game it was. It's like, yes, damn it. Thank you. Right. A, you played so, too? Yeah. Those moments. <laughs> like, <laughs> how many hours of sleep did you lose playing? <laughs> Uh, good stuff people are by the way just to let you know because i know you can't see it but everybody um they're just loving the stories um i mean everyone angela bassett everyone's just like oh my god and you know um they're making fun of me for having a geek moment uh (laughs) you know they're saying that you're just very funny um you're actually so when you were you were talking before with your story about Angela Bassett and, and how you can get like just drawn, you know, she will bring people, people just are flocking to them. So uh, just to like, this, this is going to be a very good compliment, I hope for you. So we've had Xander Berkeley on and Xander is mm. just a, an amazing storyteller. And you are so captivated by the facial and the different you know, his facial expressions and the different voices and tones he'll go through and just all his mannerisms. And, and literally he did nothing but talk for an hour and a half. And we all just sat there like this. So just to let you know, (laughs) with you being here and so far, like this is the type of response we're getting where people are just absorbed by your stories. So that's um, great. You know, and of course they said Xander and Pi just had a, Meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say moist She's moment? A big fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get. We're gonna get right back to a question. Um, let me see. Ah, so um, Linda wants to know Daryl's comment to Frost when he says, "Just because mm-hmm. we shared a bag of grain does not make me give a shit about you." Do you think Daryl is an asshole? Do you think Frost was like, this dude's just a straight up asshole? And if it was you, would you have, you know, would you have done what you had to do to save your ass and the group? No, that was actually, so that was a hard, that was, that scene and the torture scene were two of the hardest ones to act because the, the, the game that was happening there was what was being said versus what was actually mm-hmm. going on. And so, especially at that point, I had already been taken through one round of the interrogation room. And so I'm already fairly concussed. And so in that moment, Daryl is actually, that was a ploy of Daryl trying to get mm-hmm. me to shut up about us yep. being buddies and play to the guards. And I didn't get it until the very end. And then I, threw on a little too much bravado and trying to play the game. And he's like, right. just shut up already. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was, that was a tougher scene to play because that was, 
what he was saying was not yes. actually what was going See, on. I'm, I'm happy you just gave that answer because when we when we saw the episode, you know, we came here and we dissected it basically. Uh, you know, that week after the show up aired, <clears throat> one of the things we talked about was that specific conversation and how it was Daryl basically being like, "Look, this is the story that we're gonna go with, and you're gonna like catch on." You know what I mean, kind of thing. And that's yeah. exactly how we read that whole scene too, which is so I'm, I'm happy that obviously you just, you know, clarify that for us, but that's how like we sat yeah. and dissected like this, this, this was Daryl saying like, look, man, just feed off of my, my story right now. This is what we're going with, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. That's awesome. Um, and then obviously uh, the second part to that was if it was you, what would you do to save your ass and the group in that situation? Um, I'm guessing you would do you would you would try to feed feed along that same kind of you know that same kind of scenario like you know yeah I I, I think especially Frost and and especially my approach to Frost and and the conversations I had with with Jim Barnes and everything Frost is so much of a as a, you know the 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 village first like you know the 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 group before the individual that i i think you go in with that desire of if it comes down to it the whole is more important than the part even if the part is me and so you know trying to find that way of of obviously you want to live and so you try to override that line of how, what can I do and say to live, but also not give away right. the group and and the community, essentially? So, you know, obviously, like any dude, right? Any dude, I'm like, you know, there's, I'm like, yeah, I would, I would sacrifice myself. <laughs> That's at least how I would start <laughs> out for sure. <laughs> Going in. I now, I mean, I've never been tortured and had my nails pulled out and, and roughed up to such a degree. Mm -hmm. So we always have a pretty strong opinion of ourselves. So I, I, I would like to say, yeah, I'd leave it all on the line for the team. But somebody who's beating my ass that hard, I that's that's when the truth would come to the surface. I would, I would learn a lot about myself as much as they more than right. they would in that moment. I feel like there's a limit here. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like every dude that watches like Bruce Lee movies, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. If, I, if that dude came, I'd kick his ass too. It's like, no, you, wouldn't. you can't even, you, you, you haven't been able to touch your toes since high school. Like, you know, like, <laughs> um, a few, a few things about the torture scenes. Um, a lot of the people here saying that they were actually very, you know, very hard to watch. Um, um, Linda saying Frost was tortured and and don't think that you betrayed Daryl, which obviously we just you know we said earlier that you know you definitely didn't give him away or anything like that. The torture scenes where um, you had you had when you actually had to go through the script and find out that you were going to lose a finger because of Daryl. You know, as far mm -hmm. as like, were, was that something where? I mean, obviously you still have all your fingers. Um, but I mean, was that, was We're that really committed to the acting? Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Finger. Actually, <laughs> I did lose. It was a great show, guys. Great show. <laughs> um, 
That would have been great if you had like a prop. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine <That's... laughs> this right here comes off. Um, Big lip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, Linda was wondering, uh, with. Were there like several takes to re you know, required for the torture scenes and or anything like that? Or like where, oh yeah, huh? You got beat up a lot. <laughs> it that was it, in two ways. It, it was two things. One, strangely enough, it was one of the most fulfilling days I've had, but it was also the most mm -hmm. exhausting. And because of that, it they are one of the same. I think as an artist, like as an artist, like going back again i have a lot of sports yeah. metaphors that whole thing of like every coach you have always tells you leave it all out on the field leave it all out on the court whatever that is and so when you actually get to do that as an artist where like you leave feeling like i have nothing right. left in my body my soul i am just empty right now there are a few more like satisfying feelings as an artist especially in television you don't typically have a lot of those those days because there's a lot of short paced quick bursts you know it's not like live theater where you're living the whole story from beginning to end so that day of the torture scene we were filming i mean i was in the makeup chair for about two hours uh just getting all of the prosthetics and everything and that makeup team is unbelievable and like if you got to sit in a chair for two hours with people some of the best people right. you can do it with um, but then to go from two hours of sitting in that chair to then, I think we were filming for nine hours, uh, on that day. And, and I'd say, I, I would guess, I would guesstimate that we probably did that scene about 40 times. And, and it was, it was so, it was so kind, um, because the actor that, that played Pope, he was who, who I just... I love Richie. I, I, I've, I've loved his work. I think he's such an incredible actor and artist um, and, a, and a, just a really warm person. I love that he kind of was watching out for mm -hmm. me, too, because we started the day out and Greg uh, Nicotero comes up to me and says, all right. He's like, so what I want to do is he's like, I'm going to start the coverage out on these guys. So you and and uh, and Norman can sort of get into a routine and build the beats of this torture scene before we turn the cameras around and then we can really just kind of just have it for when we get to your coverage. I was like, great. And so we started in and the work that I had done, cause like typically when I come into a scene, you know, I've done this backstory stuff to feed into the moment before everything that I'm pulling from, especially if it's going to be emotional, I have to have those things like internally to like really grab onto and, and go to that really difficult place. Cause it goes against human instinct to like bear yourself emotionally in front of a, you know, a bunch of strangers or like people that don't, you know, you're not married to or didn't give birth to you. And so it, it, it you have to find a lot of things that get you there. And, uh, and so I built up this whole story, this whole storyline for frost of why this is so hard. And like the, the, the emotions that start to swell up. And I never use my actual family. Like my brain mm -hmm. doesn't really connect with that. I, I'm not able to do it, but I have a very strong imagination, which is why I'm a geek. Uh, <laughs> so I can create whole things and it feels real to me. But that day in particular, it was the first time, the first and only time this has happened where in the middle of the work, all of the backstory stuff that I built completely evaporated. And the thing that was in my head was my little sister and her son 
um, who is uh, who is like a carbon clone of me. We joke about, you know, she, I, I don't have to have kids because she already gave birth to my son. <laughs> and and so it's it, it was the two of them in that replaced the two people that I had created uh, in, in, in my storyline for myself. And as soon as that happened, the emotional well became infinite. Like it was this thing of like all of the emotions that were bubbling up were so real because I just kept seeing my actual family in that place. And so we start off and I, I like my, my emotions get there immediately at the very first take. And we're about four takes in, and Richie comes over me and he goes, uh, Glenn, uh, I just want to say, uh, fucking bang out job you do it. It's, it's great work. Um, you have enough in you for when they get your coverage. Do, are, are you going to have enough left for, for your coverage? Hmm. And, and it, it was so great because it's like, that's what a seasoned, that's what a seasoned actor who cares is going to do. They're going to support a younger actor just to make sure they're not empty right. in the chamber before they're in the gunfight. And and I looked at him, I said, I was like, Richie, I really appreciate that. I was like, I don't know why. I was like, but this well that I'm in now is just infinite. And and I I don't think I'm gonna run out. And it's like, all right, all right. Well, good on you. You, you. Can I do anything for you? And I was like, no, I think I'm just gonna get quiet and kind of go into my place in between takes and then just jump in. He's like, well, then I'll leave you to it. Great job. <laughs> and he did. And. And 40 takes, I had to maintain that same level of like just intensity and the, the, the all the journey that you go on emotionally. And somehow we did it. I, I mean, and I'd love to I'd thank my team and like the castmates with me because like the support of them, that keeps you going. Like when you feel everybody is with you, it makes it that much easier. And and Greg Nicotero is such a generous director as well. And like the support that he was able to lend in those moments too. And uh, and the intensity you get from from Norman Reedus as then you're matching it. You know, when somebody steps in, you're like, you gotta match that. It it made that a lot easier. So, but yeah, I'd say we probably went about 40 takes and my whole body, like even physically, I was exhausted. And I noticed the two places that I was sore the next day were my hands. I had a hard time at the end of the day opening my hands because they were clenched on the armrests. So I, I had a hard time like straightening out my fingers. And then the outsides of my legs were incredibly sore because of the 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 chair itself where the armrests were. Like I was yep. pushing out and I didn't even realize it, but when my whole body was just clenching as this torture scene is going on, I'm just railing my legs against against these two wooden uh, these two wooden pieces of the chair, and I had like bruises on the outside of my legs the yeah. next day. <laughs> so it was it was a long it was a long day, but it was like one of those things where it was something I hadn't done before that I was really excited about. Uh, getting to go into such a weird challenge of, of that kind of emotional place. And I called my mom when I when I got when when I found out that we were doing yeah. the torture scene. I'm like, mom, it's there, like the torture scene, because we thought it was going to be in an earlier episode. And then when it wasn't, I was like, oh great, well they think I'm a sucky actor, so they wrote it. They, they just took that out. And then when it was there, I called my mom. I'm like, mom, it, it's there, the torture scene. I get to have this really awesome torture scene. And she's like, awesome. <laughs> 
really cool. You're getting your ass kicked. I, I gotta that watch was, that. Okay. It was an amazing scene. You, you, you got the yeah. It was awesome. So great yeah, job. I, I mean, as you were telling that, uh, I mean, everyone like forty takes. Everyone's just blown away by that. Everyone's like, like forty oh. takes. Um, saying that yeah. you know this is very intense. You know, having like it's. I guess it's one thing that. I would say the average person really doesn't even think of when they're watching something like that is where did that actor have to put themselves in their mind in order to become that, that part of that character, you know, and that, and a lot of them do say that, you know, they'll dig deep. They'll, they'll go into like some weird, insane place about, you know, death in their, you know, death in their family, somebody getting hurt, you know, freak you know anything like a you know you ran over my dog you know as some shit you know that it really triggers that switch yeah. inside that gets you know that emotion to rage you know and I, and i think that's like the like when you get into like the the craft like the the the, the geeking out about the craft and like the approach and all of that like i think that's one of the biggest challenges is being able to take and utilize your own insecurities. Because I know for me, that's where a lot of my work comes from. Uh, I've been very fortunate over the last few years to get to play some some really compl complex characters uh, that I was really excited about because their insecurities ha were very adjacent, if not right in line with my own. And there is this this weird dichotomy, like this weird balance you have to find of being able to utilize your own insecurity while the the actor, like so the, the character is there, but the the person that is wielding the switches has to remember this isn't you're doing this for work. And and so it's finding that balance of being able to like jump out but kind of like having a tether. And I always say like for me as an artist, there's always these things of having a tether so that when you're lifted off the ground or you go into a deep place you always have a way back. And and so like establishing my tethers essentially, where, where my wife is my main one, uh, and, and like having that tether to planet Earth and reality, but having those established so that when you do jump in and you have to go to these places, you can just let go. Cause you know you're not gonna lose yourself. And it usually is somehow wrapped up in your own fear and your own insecurity because the audience, when they look on the camera, that's what they see. Even if they don't know how to verbalize it or like be like, oh yes, he feels this for real. Like he has real life experience in this place. Even if they can't say that watching it, like intuitively, they understand it when they see it. And so for me, that's the most important thing is like, I, you know, sometimes you play the cool guy. Sometimes it's way more interesting to play the weaker person, this person who's fighting to be strong, but failing miserably at it and so be, to do that where are those insecurities in your own life that you can draw from and like understanding how this person exists in this space so that's to me that's the fun challenge the balance like riding that razor's edge that's out, yeah that's outstanding to learn i mean that's, that's, that's awesome. great insight um i just want to say uh i know i saw a question from linda in the chat uh any well actually I, I know that dave wanted to know were there any did you walk away from the torture scene with any kind of accidental maybe actual like i know you said bruises on your legs or anything like that but i mean you know wasn't any uh mishaps with a slap or a punch or anything like that. 
there was there wasn't thankfully like i got nervous because they were like in the last take norman had the knife and it was like it's dull obviously it's dull but it is still like metal and like when he was pushing down on my finger there was this moment i looked into his eyes and i'm like is he gone? Is he still here? Is he gonna push that thing down? Like, you know? <laughs> there was this moment where, like, his acting was real enough where I'm like, okay, that's a little tight right now. I could take that, but any more might be too much. <laughs> but, but he did. Like, he stopped. He went right up to that line and had me nervous. But no, it was it was yeah. fine. <laughs> I mean, working with him, I just like obviously is. I mean, there there's been a lot of a lot of discussion with him with Marvel, uh, you know. Um, I've been hearing the Ghost, yeah, the Ghost Rider stuff. stuff. I'm hoping. I mean, yeah. I, I know that some of the other options out there too would be just as good. But I mean, I feel like every, with everything that he's done, you know, riding with you know with Norman and like I just like he's got the motorcycle pers- you know persona down to a yeah. T, and I just feel like he would be a really really good Ghost Rider like. Mm-hmm. And and he lives that too. Like his his love for riding right. motorcycles is not just like that's like he was telling me when he was trying to figure out what was going on after they finished with this. He's like, yeah, I got, I got to figure it out, man. You know, I got a, I got a garage. I got a garage full of motorcycles. I got to figure out if I got to do something with that. I'm, and I was like, oh, so this is like this is real. This is real life for yeah. you. Like you love riding. You that's your choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's he's Brother's a real like, one. I got a bike, but uh, it's like a ten speed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I ride it to the gym. I had once. Get my get my pre workout on. Um, yeah, I mean. So Linda's question, I I looked back at Linda's question, and so she said, "I have to ask the question: Dying as a zombie was that what he wanted for hmm. his character?" I I definitely would like. For me, like especially because I remember when I first started watching the show, I started watching season one on Netflix, like right as season two was still airing, I think. And I remember being so captivated by how The Walking Dead changed the zombie genre uh, and like brought it mainstream, I guess. But I remember going in, I'm like, I hope if I die, I'm not just like, it's not like an off-screen death that, like, we hear somebody say, "Oh yeah, he died. Frost, Frost died with some other people. <laughs> they fell off a cliff." You know, something like, like I was like, if I'm gonna die, I want to die gloriously, and I, yeah, I want to be a zombie. Like, like I, I want to, I want to have that little moment that down the road if I do have kids or even my nieces and nephews. Like, oh, there's Uncle Glenn or Dad with zombie makeup on like yeah i want that little mm-hmm. moment <laughs> now, so do you now do you think obviously you know with uh with frost do you think he's team maggie as far as you think she'll win meridian or do you think frost might think that she might be up against too much and and not might, might not be able to take it because Linda's wondering, you know, Maggie or Leah, who do you think will win Meridian? Mm. <laughs> That's t- like you want to talk about two incredibly yeah, fierce women. Absolutely. Like, I mean, they they got the That's... Hoacha. Hoa, they got the Hoacha. Yeah. <laughs> we just like saying it. 
<laughs> if it wasn't for my if it wasn't for like, my 15 year old son i would have never knew what the hell the thing was because he just learned about it in school <laughs> like what's a huacha and he's and he looked at me he's like a huacha <laughs> oh excuse me let me tell you what it is i was like oh well, please educate me <laughs> from the mouths yeah. of babes um you know it's like i want to go with my emotion and and, and say maggie um just because anybody that can deliver with such honesty and truth and ferocity so many one to two page monologues, I would never challenge in a fight, period. So like, <laughs> Maggie's got some long monologues and like anybody that's ever acted, a monologue is hard to justify and stay in it for so long. So anybody that can do that and sell me and captivate me, I'm like, yeah, you can conquer the entire world. Um, and, and there is a, I don't know, there's, I think the thing about Maggie, um, sort of like, again, another sports thing. I'm a huge, I, I watch ESPN and FS1 all the time and and Colin Cowherd is mm -hmm. one of my favorite guys doing. And one of the things he was talking about with great sport, the great athletes that are like the all time greats. He was like, the biggest thing with the majority of them is they're hard to explain. Tom Brady, not the biggest, not the strongest arm. Nothing about him physically mm -hmm. is elite. And yet he is Tom Brady. He was like, it's hard to explain. It's not something you can just look at and put your finger on. To me, that's kind of Maggie, right? Like with Maggie, there is there's nothing you just point right to and you're like, Oh well, you know she's the greatest warrior. Oh well, her she's a strat. She's she's a she, her stratagem is impeccable. Like there is just a quality about her that like come hell or high water, she is still here. And even if the people around her are are fraying, there is like this certainty that she just seems to walk in. Even if she has doubt, like she still moves forward. Like there's. To me, bravery is not an absence of fear, but it really is like this absence to be uh, this this lack of being paralyzed by it. Like the more fear you have while still moving forward, the braver you are. And to me, that's Maggie. Like she's unflappable, no matter like what she feels or like the 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 odd the odds or the obstacles. There is just this innate ability to like look at it and say, "All right, well, that's what we got to do today," and she's still here. So I, I think that is my explanation of like why I am why I lean Maggie. Yeah, and I mean you also have to think <laughs> about her character and what the burden that she drags around with her that fuels that everything, you know, and all the de yeah. development she's had throughout the show and all the stuff that yeah. she's been through losing <clears throat> her entire family. Yeah, everybody, and then losing her husband, the yeah. father of her child, you mm -hmm. know, and, and going through all that 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 trauma. Yep has has built her into like this kind of like forged and fire badass mm -hmm. you know and the, the kind of restraint too because like some people like i've seen some of the like going through it like some of the some of the twitter rage with like some of the things she was saying or the choices she was making and this that and the other and they're like well she shouldn't have done this or well she shouldn't have done that and i'm like that's fine if that's what you feel but also, let's talk about the unbelievable amount of restraint it takes <laughs> to see the man that brutally murdered yeah. your husband and understand that there is a certain amount of resourcefulness 
and necessity to him. And instead of doing what everything in you, inside of you is screaming to do, which is put him down like the dog he is, going to let him live. And we are going to utilize the information and the skill set that he does wield. Because that's what leadership is, like being able to put aside your emotion and your own personal agenda for the greater good of the group. And like, to me, there is no greater showcase than that very thing, that that little weird relationship and duo between uh, between Maggie and yeah. Megan. Oh, yeah. And there's so many. Yeah. <clears throat> so I have I have like a. A bet with everyone that i think and i don't even know i don't even know where this came up i think this came up in like things that we were thinking for like when the show ends and like this happened certain outcomes the day that we did a review of the episode of them in the train yeah yeah yeah. okay and that's the setup mm, so i have this bet with everybody that i think (laughs) that by the show's end Negan will have a child with somebody. Not saying I'm not saying it's Lauren. Ah. I'm not saying it's Lauren. You know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's Maggie. But am I saying it's not Maggie? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm still holding out, holding out hope that my boy Peter Zimmerman is coming back as Eduardo. He's still and alive, he's, and he's going to seal the deal. He's still, I don't know. <laughs> and he's going to be like, yeah. Maggie, I haven't moved on from you, and it's like a soap opera. It's like, a, you know, sun <laughs> <laughs> will rise behind him, and he'll be with his spear, chin high in the air, the hair flowing in the wind. Look, he's got to ride minute. on a horse, uh, ride on a horse. In exactly. Slow-mo. See, see, Glenn gets it. I'm almost positive from a recent photo that I've seen of Peter that the hairstyle's back. By the way. There we go. Has anyone else noticed that? Yeah, because I told Josh that the the hairstyle is back. The shaved side with the long top with with the ponytail. You know, I have noticed that the hairstyle is back. Yeah. Look, it could all be for coincidence. (laughs) But the hairstyle is back. Because he's coming back for his girl. Uh, Well, he's going to find out that she's knocked out by (laughs) Negan. Ooh, spicy love triangle. Hey, I mean, look, we got one with Gabriel, so you know, <laughs> true. So, um, of, of course, I'm getting so much shit in the chat for saying that. you have no, I like, yeah. you know, I'm just getting murdered. You yeah. Get a nerve. Oh god. Well, yeah. we have a discussion going on about who would win in like a, you know, in a fist fight between Leah and Maggie, and there's just so many Maggie haters in here, and Maggie haters. <laughs> you know, I, I for one have always really liked her character but once she came back i've been teetering on this fence with her because i don't know yeah none of us know what the mindset is with her character right mm. now is it for greater good yeah yeah is it for revenge and and being self you know Sports selfish earth. so like i'm kind of like struggling to obviously be where i was with her prior before she left and i so I'm I'm just kind of like at this 50-50 balance right now. Like, what do I do with her? What do I do with her? But if I were to cast a vote, I, I think that's one of the most... in a fisticuff only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maggie's one tough. She is one tough chick. Mm. But Leah has that that background, that expertise. You know, she's got that military, right. and I just there's 
There's never, there's just no quitting feels like those types of No people. matter who wins, no matter who wins, it feels like, does right. anybody win? That feels like one of those fights where both people are just so bloody Do and we exhausted have an at the Rocky end. Like... They knock each other out. <laughs> yeah. You know? And there's no winner. We're just sitting there like, what in the F did we just watch? <laughs> you know, like... Two people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd the kitty pool full of jello come from during this? Like, what? Ha- I don't even. Like, how'd that happen? <laughs> All right. So, so Linda had another question. I can write my own script. Oh, now I lost it. It went up in the chat. Oh. Um. So she says, Glenn. Now it's just between us. <laughs> can you tell me if Maggie killed Georgie and the twins or not? <laughs> And everyone's like, we want to know this. We want to know this. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like that's where uh, that's where yeah. AMC puts the little red yeah. dot on me. Like, say something. We dare you. You're gonna lose your exactly, internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And suddenly I disappear. Oh, and we lost him. He's gone. It would be like the ending of The Sopranos, just yeah. mid blackout. <laughs> All right, shows that. All right, folks, that's where the show. Have a good night. Um. Um. So you, so Kevin Dowling directed the one episode, right? And that, but you, he also was involved in the Sun, right? Yes, I, that was that was one of the most exciting things for me because he did. He directed the fir- my first two episodes on The Walking Dead, but he also directed my first two episodes on The Sun oh, on cool. AMC. And and I think he was uh, probably a big part of me getting getting that job because he's he I'd say he's one of, he's the the first TV director that I worked with that I really felt like we developed an actual relationship like there was a, a, a friendship and and like a lot of trust that he would give me especially in the sun because. And the sun, I had a lot more that I had to carry emotionally, and and a lot more to do, um, just with dialogue and storyline. My character had a lot more uh, effect on the trajectory of the season, and it was my first time. That show was my first time having that much weight uh, on a show, and the amount of trust he gave me in in that show, and and he has this ability, and and even Lauren like. Uh, when when Lauren found out that I'd worked with him before, like she just she came up to me and she just gushed about how much she loved <laughs> working with him. And that was really everybody on the show because he is he's an he's an artist through and through. Some directors are great technically. Some directors, they get the camera angles. They understand the pacing, everything you need. But it takes a very special kind of artist who understands how to walk into a room with actors and give the small, the fewest amount of words to get the maximum amount of change in what he needs to see. And and because of the fact that he cares so much, none of the artists and actors are nervous about or even thinking about, did I look stupid in that? Because they know he'll come in and be like, we were almost there, but let's try it again and make this little adjustment. He know, We know that he's not gonna let us look dumb. We know he's not gonna lead us to do something ridiculous that's unjustified. He understands the way an actor thinks and how to speak to actors. And that is not an easy thing for a lot of directors to do. So like I I could gush about working with Kevin Dowling for, forever, but no, that was when, I didn't know that he was directing those episodes until I was already in Georgia in like my week quarantine. And then I looked on the one of the emails and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, I started directing my, or text messaging my friends from the sun and be like, Kevin's directing me in The Walking Dead. 
So yeah, that was that was a big, a, a very exciting moment for me finding yeah. that. And speaking of staying, so you stayed in Sonoy when you were like I, I heard you were talking about like how you watched the the tour groups go through and all that yes. kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. How? <laughs> yeah, I was right on Main Street. It was great too because like most shows, most shows if you're a guest star, you know they put you up in a nice hotel or or something, you know somewhere driver to pick you up but like you know when you're working on a show like the walking dead they, they pull out some of the stops for you so you know they gave me a, a wonderful loft apartment that was right there on main street in sonoya with this huge outdoor patio that i spent most of my time reading on just overlooking down uh the the, the main street there and i would hear you know i would hear yeah i would hear the tours you're like oh and this is this is where the governor shot so and so oh and remember that one thing that caught on fire it's right here and apparently a lot of terrible things, I, I, I couldn't remember because I don't have that kind of memory, but a lot of terrible things happened in the, the building that I was living in at the time. So <laughs> That's cool, though, because to be downtown, and it, there's so many fun little shops, everything. Like, you know, you got everything mm -hmm. on that strip. Um, did you get to yes. meet um, German Abraham, Chris? I, I didn't. No? I, I didn't. He was like right I on the not. corner from probably right where you were, <laughs> down yeah. in the basement. <laughs> I, I have to well, I have to tell the story because I think it's hysterical. Mm. When you think I think you know what story this is, probably. <laughs> there was a uh, I won't say the name because there's a lot of drama associated with it, but uh, there was a convention that we were at in uh, Jersey, mm -hmm. right? 2017. Mm -hmm. We went to the we went to New York City. Oh yeah, we went to a bar. Oh yeah, and oh, we were with a bunch God. of friends from the convention, and. Uh, so I, at this point, I've already had a couple of drinks and I lean over to Chris and I go, that's how every yeah. story yeah, right? yeah. I was like, bro, <laughs> is that Michael Kulitz? And he goes, no, he goes, he was like, that's Chris. We just met him 15 minutes ago. And I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that well, was a good one. Yeah. He looks a lot like I'm like, him, dude, so. we literally just talked to him. He's like, you know, a cosplayer. <laughs> and the best part was having to give him a ride back to the oh, train station. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was good. And he couldn't tell us where his car was. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah no being oh. downtown is a good it's really a good time so i think you made out in the deal mm -hmm. uh you know oh yes <laughs> um Absolutely. especially with all the tours you get to just see like the people there the diehards you, i'm sure you've realized by now that the the walking dead family <laughs> is just hardcore you know i mean it's un unbelievable it's like and and thankfully too, like I I'm glad that I played the role that I did because I was I told my wife I was like the good thing is I think because of the way I go out I was like I feel like it it'll probably endear me to the fans more than it would like I, and I talk a lot of shit to Negan so like you know that'll probably play well and it was like I I have I I to this day I really haven't received any sort of negative online stuff from any of the super fans it's been the most incredible like loving, supportive, warm fan base, like with all the passion and, and obsession. Usually that can breed a lot of weird things, but I know for me and my experience, it's been, it really has been nothing but positivity, uh, especially like, yo, Brazil has like one heck of an intense yeah. fan group. Yeah. Like 
<laughs> like I have like suddenly a lot of Brazilians, and I love it because I Brazil is one of the most beautiful places I've ever mm -hmm. been too. So I always every time I'd see like the anytime I do the the Instagram live, like Brazil is showing up in force, and so I'm always like, hey, obrigado Brazil, we love you. Like it's no joke. But no, as overall, um, it was really overwhelming just the amount of support, even before the show aired. Like just once it was mm -hmm. announced online that I was in the show, the amount of just excitement and suddenly then like people are going back and like, oh, I see you're going to be on the show. I started watching the other stuff you've been on. I'm like, that's yeah. that's awesome. Like that's I don't have that kind of dedication to anyone. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, they are. They, you know, like you said, like Brazil. They, they, there's this Germany. The the the, the Walking Dead. Like, yes. Oh my God, those people. I, they're all. I mean, it's an amazing excitement. It's the. They're all just fantastically out of their minds. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'd say like Germany, Brazil, and France are mm -hmm. like the three biggest like groups yeah. that I've noticed. On, on like comments on like my posts and everything and or like you know some of the the sliding into the dms and giving me greetings and languages i don't speak and having to use the twitter translate uh, i hope they're not cussing me out oh okay i love you okay yeah. that's good and then that's when good. even when it translates most of the words aren't where they're supposed to be so it's like i really enjoyed your right, bloody right. death you know what i mean like Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I think you were much bloody. Me very sad. I'm like, okay. I get the gist. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume you're a much more articulate and like eloquent speaker than than uh, yeah, Twitter exactly. translate gives exactly. you credit for. <laughs> Linda has confirmed that France does indeed like you, so no worries. Um, All right. Good. Uh, good. The entire country as yeah. a whole. Pie is still throwing jabs <laughs> at Maggie's face, uh, just relentlessly yeah, saying so that she's never actually built anything. She's just stolen from other people and then destroyed it all. <laughs> so, you know, Pie, I have a Sounds funny like feeling Kaponia. that if Pie were to have an opportunity to fight Maggie, <laughs> it's she going throw, down. Yeah, it's going down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so do you? Do you? Are you? A, do you like Pie? As in, as in the the dessert yeah, like pie. pie. You, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can, I can go okay. handle some oh, pie. You can handle yeah. some pie. <laughs> All right, there it is. <laughs> so, Glenn, do you have any like upcoming stuff that you can share oh. with us yet, or is there? I know you said that some oh, of the stuff you can't. Oh, yet. Wait, oh, wait, what? wait, what? Uh, Christopher, you want right. to go? Yeah, yeah, well, because Detective Linda says you have a lot of projects at the moment. Um, some of them are, I propose a breakup, uh, yes. after a love story and the ancient after oh, a yes, love story, that, that one has been, is that right? Yes. The ancient, the ancient is a, is, uh, an animated, um, piece. It's been in post for a while. I think they're trying to get everything together to, to okay. finish, to finish the post. Okay. Um, but after uh, after a love story is a short film um, that I'm really I'm really excited about. Like I'm really excited about that coming out because um, that was one of the more going back to that whole like exhaustion and fulfillment. Uh, that one took a lot 
um, in the in the days that we filmed that, like the amount of like just guts just being yanked out of you mm. onto the floor, that was that was really exciting uh, to like get into that into that mm -hmm. place. And I think it's only like twelve minutes mm -hmm. long. So right now it's about to go. It's about to do sort of like the the uh, film festival okay. circuit. They're in the midst of that. And then I'm hoping that they'll, you know, that that'll probably drop on Amaletto or YouTube or something. There'll there'll be an online distribution right. for that. Um, and then I'm about to fly out the end of this month to. I I am uh, doing my first lead role in a feature film, uh, and I'm flying out the end of this month. It's called Penitentia. and that one's really exciting too. It's it's about my character is a a lawyer who is an acquitted felon. So he was charged as he was convicted of a felony that he didn't commit. Um, but he still, but he like was sort of like something he could have stopped. It was a person that died that like he didn't know what was happening, but feels responsible, even though he was acquitted of the crime. And now he's a lawyer, like while he was in prison. Sorry. There's a speaker somewhere in my in my place that is talking. Was it Alexa? They <laughs> Alexa that? tends to chime in. Yeah. Yes. She went to give her two yeah. cents. <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't find that for you on the internet. <laughs> sorry, no results found. Sorry, no results found for that. That was like attached to my wife's phone in the other part of our home and it just started talking really loudly in the living room. Um <laughs> But yeah, so so my character in Penitentia, it, you know, now he's a lawyer, and it's and it's a lot of it is really about this young man that came out of the inner city, and now he is in this place that is not built for him. He's you know being a person of color, and this is a very white world, a very rich world, and just like the challenges of being true to himself while trying to swim in waters that weren't meant for him. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. It's the challenge. It's going to be the most, probably the most challenging project I've done just because of the amount of work that I have to do. And like, they want to shoot this whole thing in like three wow. weeks span, which is, that's, that's a lot. So I'm going to be running on coffee and, and adrenaline probably for that entire three week span. That's amazing. So that's illegal, yeah, I'm excited about amazing. that. Good. I'm so sorry. Very Thank nice. You. Congrats on that. Um, Thank you. And then was there, so obviously Renee was leading into, do you have anything else that you got that you can let everyone know about? Um, so that way they have something to look forward to or anything like that, or it's, I, I hopefully I can announce it soon. There, there is a, there is a TV show um, that I I'm in another few episodes coming out. Uh, and I'll, as soon as I'm allowed, I'll be announcing that on like the socials and everything, but I don't think I'm supposed to announce it yet. Uh, so like I, I'll play caution. I'll, I'll, I'll lean towards caution on that one. <laughs> and um, well, yeah, no, let's yeah, We don't want to, uh, we don't want to get you, you know, in that kind of in trouble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Even though everyone's going to, as soon as they're probably done, they're going to start looking for, um, you know, anything they can find in the internet. Any clues? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did, I'm trying to get your handle for Instagram. Uh, it's Glenn Stanton drama. drama. That's what it and, is. and Glenn. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to, so I could let everybody know. So that way they can go give you a follow if they haven't yet already. Just look for the one that's followed by Lauren Cohen. Appreciate yeah. It. It, it, exactly. 
There, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's Glenstan Drama on Instagram. So if you guys, you know, if you want to be in the know and, and get ready for the announcement when it is uh, coming, you know, when he does announce it, you guys will get the the drop on it. Um, so there's that as well. Absolutely. And then I had one other Linda. I had one other Linda question. Oh, so Linda wants to know like, as far as the genres that you prefer. Um, do you, do you have one that you like? Love over the others, comedy or drama or you know, any you know, um, uh, fantasy. I yeah, I like so I'm definitely I'm definitely drama. Like I've done some mm -hmm. comedy, and I've I've grown a lot more comfortable as uh in comedy as I've just grown comfortable in my own approach and everything and in my own work. But I, I still prefer drama. I just as much of a goofball as I am in like real life, there's there's this departure I get to do with just going like I love disappearing into dark worlds, especially. Like the darker the show, the darker the script, probably the more interested I am. Um, and I I haven't done this yet, but I would like I would love to do like either fantasy or or some kind of period piece that is you know, I guess we'd call it medieval, mm -hmm. you know, you know, in that realm. Um, Cause especially coming out of Shakespeare, like doing so many years of Shakespeare and having to do between rapier fights and broadsword fights and everything. Like I would love, I would love a chance to get to do something mm -hmm. like that because I think it's a strength of mine that I haven't been able to really utilize on camera. The closest I've come, I think is, is doing the sun because with it being a period piece, but also, uh, a lot of my dialogue was in was in Comanche, okay. and and as far as Native American, my heritage is Cherokee. Uh, so like I, I I didn't speak Comanche. I'd never learned anything about the Comanche language or dialect, and so honestly, I leaned a lot on Shakespeare, my Shakespeare training for that because of the fact that it's like Shakespeare in the similar way. Shakespeare is this is this type of of heightened speech in which we don't talk like it's not at all how we talk now <laughs> and the, the flowery language the poetry within it can easily lose people if you're not really specific as an actor in your storytelling in it and so like having to do that while speaking a different language that was a really fun challenge, and I, I don't think I would have been ready for it had it not been for all the years of Shakespeare leading up to that moment. So I would love to be able to do it, you know, in English, uh, in, in a similar yeah. sort of vein. Give me a sword, give me a horse, give me some heightened text, and and let's uh, let's jump into a film. Very cool. I have so, I have two more. Linda wants to know: Is there a way where she could? Uh, obtain a autographed photo did you do you have anything online that you do um i i, I don't yet i'm trying to I, that is something that i'm planning on setting up here soon hopefully like i, I have everybody i have people trying to get me to get on cameo okay and you know set up a little online thing so that is something because now we've, we've been getting a few more requests a lot of you know friends of family <laughs> Uh, for sure. Um, so I, I do think I might try to hopefully here in mm -hmm. the near future sort of set up online an online uh, source for that. I, for one, would love 
a a like maybe holding up the prosthetic finger and <laughs> smiling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, so all right, so it, it, with obviously with COVID and everything that's going on, conventions and things like that, um, you know, there are some that are going to start. I think coming up, they're they're going to start opening up again, but. Um, is that something you have on your plate as well, as far as the future goes? Um, it is something that I'm that I'm definitely willing to. It's not something that I'm done that I that I have already on right. the books, uh, but that's something. Talk to the team and everything as they're like fielding that. Uh, where I, I'm like, for me, for me, the great thing about shows like this, especially for me being more of a communal person, I'm very much about mm -hmm. community. And so, like, for me, the great thing about a show like this, and uh, especially because I'm more of a private person, like, I was never somebody that wanted to be famous necessarily, right. and that's still not at all my goal. But, like, if I'm a part of something that is able to bring somebody joy, to me, that makes it worth it. Like, the fact that now, especially with a show like this, there have been some moments where I've had, like, some of these amazing fans yeah. being the community they are, reaching out to me on Twitter saying, hey, could you follow this person? And I'm talking like there was a day where I had like 12 different people. And this is mm -hmm. Brazil again. It was like 12 different people from Brazil. They were like, hey, this person loves you. They're such a huge fan of you. If you would, they're, they're going through it right now. If you could follow them, like it would mean the world. And like I get on my phone like in the afternoon and I just see all these messages on Twitter. So I get on there and I, and I follow this fan and I tweeted something at them, and then they like tweeted about it mm. for two days. <laughs> and for me, that was so incredible because of the fact that like with such a small effort on me, it didn't cost right, me right. anything. <laughs> and like it made this individual's yeah. week. And like just put a little bit of fuel in their tank to get them through whatever they were going through. And to me, like conventions are like an extension of, of that. Like this thing that these people, that these fans and these individuals love I, I just happen to be close proximity to it. And if I can give them a piece of this thing that they love, to me, that's that's kind of one of the things that makes it worth it. So I'm very down like for, for the conventions and everything to just kind of jump in and, and be a part of that and just give back a piece of what I've been able to experience to the fans that have been much more dedicated to it than than I have. Absolutely. Well, we, I mean, on a side note, obviously, if you're ever interested, you could talk with, with Linda on the side um or or us or whatever but there is there is one that we're specifically affiliated with that happens down mm. in sonoy um and it's you know strictly for the obviously it's just a fanfare uh a very family oriented kind of type situation family know? yeah it's fan it's fam family 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 yeah i dig it um but yeah i mean if that is something that you think is ever you know crosses your mind and it's something you'd be interested in you know definitely reach out and you know we could we could you know we could hook you up with the people your people <laughs> talk to their people it's always memorial yeah that one is always memorial yeah. day weekend yeah. they always do it over memorial day weekend so, I mean, yeah, it tends to be a yeah. very busy weekend for a lot of people but um yeah. you know it's it's been something that they started and it's 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 been something to where we've all three, this is, this is how, you know, we connected, we connected through this initially, but being able to interact with the people 
on your phone and the Twitter conversation and all these other things and, and build like this, these relationships and, and friendships. Mm -hmm. And then that to know that you have two days out of a year where you get to like be with that extended family, be with those people that you, 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 even though you only see them twice a year, but you have a place in your heart for them because, you know, they are your, they are a part of something that we all love. You know, it's yeah. just really cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, you know, like I said, if it's something that you think you'd be down for and whatever you, you can always just drop us a line. And like I said, you take your people, we'll have them talk to their people and then you never know what happens. <laughs> but, um, Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that'd be cool. Um, we're in relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're all in relationships together. Um, you know, it's not the only Maggie Negan. Not yet. I want to. I want to leave it off on this. I did have one last question for you, and then we'll and then we'll let you go. Um, she wants to know which Shakespeare has have you been in, and which role did you play? Okay. Um, I uh, I was in uh, one was Titus Andronicus, which was one of the more badass ones. Uh, anytime you're <laughs> Killing someone's children and feeding to, feeding them to them in a pie—that's uh, that's a it's an intense it's an intense storyline. If any of you that don't know Shakespeare, our director <laughs> called it Shakespeare's perfect B revenge horror film, um, and and I think that it's a great way to describe it. Very game to game. Oh, um, I played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, very much. Yeah, very much. Um, but I played one of the the goths, not as we see like the goth kids. Yeah. Uh, very different. Mm, very different. <laughs> the, the Visigoths. Right. The Visigoths. So I played them. Um, I did uh, Measure for Measure as well, which was one of my favorite ones. We did at the Goodman, um, and it was a dirty, irreverent version of that that was directed by Bob Falls, who's the retiring artistic director there. Um, that was a fun one. Um, but non-Shakespeare classical, one of my favorite roles that I did in a classical piece uh, was I played D'Artagnan in Three okay. Musketeers. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was that and the role of Christian in uh, Cyrano de Bergerac. Those are two of my favorite roles that I did while I was still in Chicago, for sure. Um, getting to say pretty words and do a lot of fighting. There's few things better <laughs> you know it's funny it's, I, I, I know you said this before but when i was in college i had to read um <laughs> macbeth in its mm. traditional mm. shakespearean english oh yeah the first oh, folio oh my god i sat there and i was like <laughs> I, I read it like three times <laughs> and i i mean i was googling <laughs> phrases and I'm like, this shit makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. They would have lost me at thou. That what? Thou? So, so at, at some point, I'm watching like YouTube videos of like 1970s reenactments of Macbeth. I'm trying to understand it, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I, that was the second. I think that was the second Shakespeare show that I did was uh, was Macbeth, and I I am I am not. I'm, 
Sorry if anybody is like believes in the curse. I'm I'm very comfortable with saying the name Beth out loud. Um, we're not in a theater. That's only yeah. The curse is always supposed to that's always supposed to take place in theater. We're, right. we're not in a theater right now. Um, but I think watching, especially because I was such a young actor at the time, taking that on and watching the guy. Um, what was Mark's? I'm forgetting the actor. Is great Chicago actor Mark Montgomery. Mark Montgomery played our Macbeth, and watching that man take on that role and tell the story, even for the language of it that was so like heavy for me to understand, watching him act it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. This guy's brilliant. Like, I, now that you said it like that. He has a way of just acting the text in a way that anybody could understand it. And to me, that's when you know somebody, because you have two different kinds of Shakespeare actors. Because I, I had one actor tell me, uh, he's he's a Steppenwolf Ensemble member, he was like, if there is an ounce of ham in any actor, Shakespeare will draw it out. And it, that's absolutely true. Like, you have, you have the ones that are super hammy, that love just flourishing in the language that they probably don't understand themselves. <laughs> And then there are these brilliant storytellers who are able to take this language that like we don't use to speak anymore and they can still deliver it in a way where people are like, I don't get every word, but I know exactly what this dude is saying. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> very cool. Oh, well, uh, we almost got two hours out of them. <laughs> yeah, we did. And we didn't even have to yeah. do anything. Oh wow! Yeah, time flies when you have fun. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, that's okay for you. It's only it's only five forty. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still pretty early yeah, out here for the me. Sun's still up. Yeah, right. <laughs> we haven't seen the sun in yeah. eighty four years. <laughs> we would sit in a fortnight. <laughs> Shakespeare, come yeah, on, all right. come on, all right. Yeah, I get it. Way too hard for you to say two weeks right now. <laughs> Um, I to ruin everything. Oh, stop it. Um, <laughs> Pi kept begging you not to keep saying uh, the name. Just don't say the name. Don't yeah, say yeah. the name. And she, <laughs> she goes, he's still that. saying it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are very grateful and thankful for you spending some time with us and everybody here. Um, everybody is saying you thank you for you know your time. Thank you for the great stories. Um very kind, very uh, humble, funny, and uh, we definitely appreciate you, you know, taking some time out of your day to come and hang out with us for, you know, for the very first time. It's amazing. I uh, love your very good, eloquent talker, and uh, it just, it makes the show just go. Just I mean, flow. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the clock, I said, holy shit, it's almost been two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's great. I mean, this is what we're all here for. So yeah. we definitely appreciate that 100%. Um, I guarantee you'll get some uh, some Instagram followers as well. Um, and uh, and everyone will be everybody will be waiting for the for the news you're going to be dropping soon. And then, you know, take it from Absolutely. there. Um, obviously, I hope this isn't the last time we, we speak. And uh, you never know, maybe we'll see you in the future if things all work out. And um, you know, wish you continued success, man. Keep killing it. Hey, thank you guys, and 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 the the kind of community you guys have built and everything, and and like I'm I'm always in awe. Like I I've tried to do a podcast like three different times, and like 
I need partners because I don't have that skill set. So anytime I see people that are doing it successfully, I'm like, hey, look, I know how bad I've been at trying. So like, kudos <laughs> to your success in being able to sustain it because I can appreciate it just from my own failures. So I, I, I appreciate I appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, and having me be a part Absolutely. of it. So thank Absolutely. you. Thank really? you so much. Thanks, guys. Everybody out there, we know it's late, early morning for most of you. I go to bed, um, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for hanging and, in. Uh, we will see you guys <laughs> yeah. next week. We'll announce what day we'll be back next week. And, um, yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to talk about. Or we can see if Glenn's busy and then uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> Just two hours. Just, you know, hey, we'll sit here and just burn it, you know. Um, <laughs> but thank you, everybody. Love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Glenn, thank you again, sir. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, we'll thank you, you so much. All right, yeah. everybody, take care. Yeah, you too. Hey, Bye. Renee, Chris, and Ryan going live. Mike the best podcast, Beauty and the Bees. Sit back and catch a vibe. Oh, yeah, we talking zombies and apocalypses and all those things you like. You going beast mode, and if you didn't know, it's Peter Z up on the mic. Hey, TWD family, grab the snacks about the pantry. And subscribe and like them if you can, please. Or those walkers eat you like some candy. Hey, <laughs> okay. You at the right place at the right time. No one does it better. That's the bottom line. Beauty and the Beast. This is prime time. Let's go.